0: I'm John.
1: And I'm Sherry.
0: We like home stuff.
1: We like talking.
0: And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home.
1: Today we'll share our favorite go-to housewarming gifts. We'll explore quirky regional real estate features. And we'll talk about what you can do to make your house feel all grown up.
0: Hello. Hi! Well, before we dive into our usual what's new segment, I thought we could do a little housekeeping, aka some announcements.
1: Sounds good. Well, first of all, this whole podcasting thing still feels very new and random and weirdly exciting, and we have been completely blown away by how many of you have been tuning in. So we just wanted to stop for a second and say thank you. Thank you so much for your downloads, your comments, your shares, your reviews, and all of that good stuff. It definitely keeps us going and excited about this whole podcasting thing. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: second thing, if you haven't yet checked out the Chris Loves Julia podcast with Preston Pugmire by our friends Chris and Julia Markham, might I suggest you tune in to episode nine?
1: Yes, they recently invited us on to talk about DIYing on a budget, and it was tons of fun. And you can hear us chat about cheap updates that might give you the most bang for your buck and when we DIY something versus when we hire it out, which is a common question we get asked.
0: And again, that's episode nine of the Chris Loves Julia podcast, which you can get on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts.
1: And what's our third announcement?
0: Uh, We're hitting the road later this summer for a trio of speaking gigs on the East Coast. All of the details are posted at younghouselove.com slash events. But here's a quick rundown.
1: We will be in Greenville, South Carolina on Friday, August 5th for the She Upstate Women's Show. We'll be in Atlanta, Georgia on Sunday, August 7th at the Haven Conference. And on Monday, August 22nd, we'll be in New York City at HGTV's Blogger Block Party, which we are especially excited about because we finally get to meet some of the bloggers and designers we have loved face-to-face, like Emily Henderson and Genevieve Gorder. So come and see us.
0: Again, we'll put more details at younghouselove.com slash events with the locations and times and dates and stuff. And I think that concludes this little bit of housekeeping. So shall we move on to what's new?
1: Okay, so in episode three, I told you guys that my very best friend in the whole wide world is moving a block away from us. And after I did all the cartwheels and the cheering and the excitement, I realized I need to get her a housewarming gift. And it's something we love and have actually bought for a bunch of people. It's a rubber self-inking address stamper. It's like a customized address stamper that can say like the last name and the address. And since it's self-inking, it does everything. You just click it on the envelope and it's ready to go. I find that I love writing a letter, sticking it in the envelope, and then all I just have to do is address it because I stick on the stamp and I click the return address label and it's like ready to go out and looks a lot fancier than my handwriting ever looks.
0: Yeah, we've had a few of them, I think, for this house and our last house. And they're nice as a housewarming gift because the person is usually like so excited about their new address. It's kind of like cool and official to see it on the stamp with
1: their name on it. Yes. They're made by a company called Three Designing Women. A lot of people sell them. This time I bought it off papersource.com because that's just one of their vendors. not a sponsor or anything. I paid 39 bucks for it, but I love them and they just are well-rated and they hold up. I mean, we had one for our second house and used it for years and now we've had one here for three years. So there's all sorts of different patterns. So if they're into arrows or, you know, like a garland or something that looks nautical, they've got all these different themes. I like the monogram dots, custom self-inking address stamp. That's what it's called if you search on paper source. It's just one of those things that you interact with a lot whenever you're using it. So it's an opportunity for the person you gift it to, to really enjoy it over years and years. Instead of like a tchotchke they might put on the shelf and then not really touch or interact with again.
0: Well, and can I interject another housewarming gift we like to give since we're talking about housewarming gifts?
1: Permission granted.
0: Thank you. One of our go-to things for people is actually that handy pail paint cup that I mentioned back in episode five in my We're Digging, because if you're giving it to someone who's presumably going to be doing some painting in their house, you can get them that cup. We also get one of those short handled angled paintbrushes that we love for cutting in. And that along with like a gift card to get a gallon or two of paint makes for like a nice little housewarming package. The cup actually can be like kind of the packaging for the gift. You just stick everything inside it, maybe some tissue paper. Yeah,
1: I put like tissue paper sticking out with the paint brush and the gift card tucked in the cup and you hand it to someone by the handle and you're like here you go
0: (laughs) it's like the perfect DIYers housewarming
1: gift I don't know if I'd say perfect that's a little I think it's
0: perfect (laughs) I would be very
1: pleased to get it I feel like everyone likes getting a gift card and we later hear from people like oh that pail I actually used that pail or like oh the brush is actually really good for behind the toilet so it's one of those gifts that people hopefully take for a spin and spend the gift card right away and it works out So what's new with you, John?
0: Well, what I was going to talk about was some of the triathlons I've recently done. And I actually was going to talk about this in an earlier episode shortly after I completed the one that we shared on Instagram. But I was like, you know what? I'm doing another one in a month. I'll just wait. And then that one didn't turn out to be a triathlon. (laughs) because we got an email at midnight the night before saying the river level was too high for us to swim in it. So that was not safe. There was too much debris. So it got changed from a triathlon to a duathlon. So instead of three types of events, just two. So we ran a mile, then we biked 18 miles and then we ran three miles. So I don't know if I can claim I've done four triathlons because it was like,
1: nope, it was three
0: point six six (laughs) six six six. But anyways, the reason I wanted to mention them because this is a relatively new thing for me, people who have read our blog for a while know that I've been a big runner for several years, but it wasn't until last year that I finally worked up the confidence to attempt this new event the triathlon that's swimming biking and running and I think my hesitation for the longest time in doing them was I don't consider myself to be a strong swimmer
1: you can swim perfectly it's just form stuff it's not like John drowns
0: I can swim I can keep myself afloat but for a while I couldn't go more than like one length or two of the pool without being completely winded and like needing a big 10 minute break
1: Yeah, it was like efficiency. I swam in high school. So I always was like, I don't want to teach you because I feel like it's annoying when someone you love is telling you what to do. But I, as a gift, got him a um, sort of adult training lessons too. That sounds like adult training pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're just putting a nice spin on swim lessons. I just, I worked with a swim instructor to help me sort of improve my form and my efficiency so that I could actually make it the 300 meters that I had to swim my first triathlon. So uh, I did that last spring. I did one that was a sprint triathlon in a pool, which was an easy way to start. And then the next month, I did one that was an open water swim in the river that we have here in Richmond. And I got totally hooked. So when it rolled around this year, again, I did that same one earlier this spring, and then again, tried to do this open water river swim that got canceled. So they've been a fun new challenge for me. I'm still, you know, not great at swimming, but I can make do and I'm getting better. And it's given me sort of some new goals to keep myself kind of committed to exercising.
1: Well, you were really fast in that open water one your yeah, second actually. triathlon, because the the river was really fast that day. And so John's time was like incredibly fast. because yeah. Basically, he was with the current.
0: I actually swam twice the distance in the same amount of time I did in the pool because the current was helping me go down river. So I highly recommend river swimming <laughs> in that sense.
1: <laughs> you athlete.
0: Hey, well, and speaking of the triathlons, when you posted that photo on Instagram, after my uh, one in the spring, there was lots of requests for some more information.
1: Yeah, it was super surprising to me as like an aside. You know, I feel like this is a lesson in general in podcasting, blogging and anything. Sometimes you tell a story and the thing that's the aside or the thing you offhandedly mention becomes the thing everyone's like, wait, tell me more about that. And I posted the picture and just offhandedly and the caption was like, look, John did a triathlon. And yes, we're those nerds who create Christmas tree ornaments out of his medals. So that's what we do with them. And people were like, what, how? Tutorial, photos, write a post, video. I was like, I was like um,
0: don't you want to talk about my triathlon?
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, really? People are interested in this. And there were lots of people asking. So recently I put together a little post and it is so simple. There's two options. You can use a metal hook or a small ribbon. It's just such an easy way to take things like sports medals out of boxes or closets where they're being stored and put them in a place where you can enjoy them year to year. I mean, the post is really short and easy and there's just a few photos. But for anyone who is listening to the podcast but doesn't always check the blog, there is a little tutorial with photos waiting for you. If you search metals, Christmas ornaments, it should pop right up.
0: Well, Sherry, word on the street is that you wanted to challenge me to a 60-second design tip.
1: Yes, Mr. Sick. Just like I did one in episode five, I want to give you less than one minute to share a DIY tip.
0: Okay, I'm ready.
1: Okay, well, your time starts in three, two, one.
0: This tip is for anyone who's trying to hang something they've bought or built that doesn't have hanging hardware already on it. These are sort of our two go-to methods. For anything that's made of wood that you can drill into, just add D-rings. These are, as you probably guessed it, rings that are shaped like the letter D and they hang great over like a nail or a hook in the wall. Uh, the brand Ook sells them in these little yellow tins and I like the ones called Ready Screw because they already have the tiny screw embedded in it. Just make sure whatever you're drilling into is thick enough that the screw doesn't come through the other end. For items you can't drill into we love adding sawtooth hangers with glue sawtooth hangers are those kind of like jagged metal plates you might see on the back of a picture frame ook sells these also they have nails in them but again we've had great luck with glue as long as we're using the right glue our favorite is loctite super glue gel control it has great hold and the gel part means it's not too messy Obviously, be mindful of how heavy your item is and how secure your nail or screw is in the wall, but generally, these two methods have worked great for us. Just about everything in our two books was hung using one of these two methods, everything from wood headboards to ceramic plates. (laughs) Whew! I'm out of breath.
1: You did it! Well done. With like two seconds to spare.
0: Okay, well, now that's out of the way, can I put you on the spot with some what's not? Sure. So as most of you know, this is the section where I give Sherry some items in a certain category. Most are real, but some are fake. And she just has to guess what's real and what's not. This one is entitled Stately Real Estate Listings. And so this one, we're actually not going to play like what's not. This is just a guessing game.
1: All right. I'm down for that.
0: So... You know Zillow, the real estate website? Uh Uh-huh. They put out a list where they analyzed all of the listings in their, their system to see what terms stood out in one particular state more than any other state.
1: Interesting. Like, does New York like fireplace? Yeah,
0: for instance you're more than 450 times more likely to find the word RV gate in a listing in Arizona than any other state.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. I like this already. I'm learning stuff.
0: Well, most of them, I will point out, are pretty mundane. Like wall-to-wall carpet is the unique thing about Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Well, this
1: might be a really hard guessing game. Yeah.
0: Virginia got kind of a sad showing. You know what ours is? What? New heat pump.
1: Oh, but seriously, every listing I've read in Virginia says that. (laughs) Yep,
0: yep. So I'm going to give you the amenity. Okay. And you guess what state it's oh for. Oh my
1: gosh. But the, we're going to learn something, right? Podcast yeah, listeners, yeah. we're all going to learn together. And no one's going to make fun of me. I
0: tried to pick out ones that sort of had clues to the place we're talking about. Okay. Okay. It's, it's a thinking game. If it
1: says like comes with pineapple, I'll be like Hawaii.
0: Right. That's not one of them. Okay. You ready? Hurricane shelter.
1: Uh, Florida.
0: Yes. Yay! Hey, where you would need shelter from hurricane. That might be shelter the from obvious one though. Okay. Casino.
1: Um... Nevada. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, they get a little bit harder as we oh, go. Oh, gosh. Access freeway.
1: California.
0: You got it. New York City view. Uh, Jersey. Yep. <coughs> Small town living.
1: Oh, what would that be? Small- Maine. Iowa. Oh, I love Iowa.
0: Ocean mountain view.
1: Ocean mountain view has got to be Oregon.
0: That's a good guess. This one is actually Hawaii.
1: Dang. Oh.
0: Another place where you can that get ocean That should have said
1: volcano ocean view and I would have got it.
0: <laughs> okay. a uh, Peak view. Colorado. Yeah, you got it. Yes. See, you're better at this than you thought. You got to give yourself more credit. In floor heat.
1: It's somewhere cold. Yep. I'm going to say Alaska.
0: Oh, close. Minnesota. Oh, okay. Flat yard.
1: Place that's hilly that would tout a flat yard. Give you a clue.
0: It's near to us. Oh, what, North Carolina? West Virginia.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Lots of mountains out there.
0: Ski resort.
1: Um, Vermont. Utah. Oh, okay. That works too. Yeah.
0: And last one, snowmobile trail. I
1: thought I would have said Minnesota. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Alaska.
0: New Hampshire. Oh. I think that was Alaska's fun was southern exposure.
1: Oh.
0: I will put a link to this on younghouselove.com/podcast so you can look up all 50 states. You can find out what your state is if we didn't list it here. Zillow also put up a quiz version of this so you could take it as a quiz yourself. So for our main segment today, Sherry and I wanted to talk about things you should or shouldn't have in your house after you're 30.
1: Because we didn't know that was a thing. Yeah,
0: we didn't realize that was a thing. (laughs) This is not, these are not rules that we are setting out.
1: They're things we've read in like multiple places.
0: Yeah. When Sherry and I are thinking about the podcast, a lot of times we will just sort of like flag or save articles that come across our Facebook feed or whatever. And we both separately came across articles from separate places that were about things you should or shouldn't have in your house once you're 30.
1: And some we agreed with and some we did not agree with. And I think that's okay. So we thought it'd be fun to talk about and see if you guys agree or don't and why you think 30 is the age they choose. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: was going to say, I think that 30 is just kind of an arbitrary age they all happen to agree on as that place where you transition from your like starter college first job self to like your more grown up adult self and therefore should be the time in which like your house should look more grown up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we had some major aha in our house when we were 30.
1: No, there wasn't like a date where we were like, ding, we're 30 and our house has evolved.
0: If I had to look back on our time, any time that we might have started to make a major switch from sort of like temporary furniture to more like permanent grown up feeling stuff, it's probably when we switched from being renters to homeowners.
1: Right. But I do think that there was a lot. Still a lot of turnover from what we bought in our first home. Oh, yeah. It certainly wasn't
0: instantaneous. Right.
1: So 10 years ago, we've been homeowners for 10 years, which is so crazy to me.
0: Yeah. We bought our first home when we were both 24. Yes. And I actually Googled this because I was curious what sort of like the average age is to become homeowners. Uh, The American Housing Survey said the average age of a first-time homeowner is 34.
1: Oh, that's funny. So we were a decade younger.
0: Yeah. So I think we're certainly not typical in having jumped into homeownership so early. So I think that's another reason why... 30 doesn't feel like this magical age for us. Because when we turned 30, we were living in our second house. Right. We had a two-year-old. Right. I think if we put the age aside, the 30, as a marker... And just look at what they list as sort of things that might help transition a space from feeling like that sort of temporary starter space.
1: Right. It's like the markers of a well thought out home that serves you better than a more temporary space. Yeah, something
0: that might be more long term or feel more polished or thought through. So exactly. Should we talk about some of the things? Because we actually, after we found the two articles that both got us interested in this, we googled and found a lot more. So. Oh like, my gosh,
1: and they all are thirty.
0: <laughs> exactly, they're all thirty. <laughs> There were some common themes across all of them. Some of them like El Decor had one entitled 15 things you should never have in your home after you're 30. And they also wrote an article called 10 things you must have in your home by (laughs) age 30. Apartment therapy did seven grown up things you should have in your home by age 30. And the website Domain, an Australian website said things you should have in your home after the age of 30. The most overarching thing was not having, quote unquote, temporary furniture anymore.
1: Right, like the TV tray that you eat your dinner on from the couch. Yeah,
0: one of them said no TV stands. Which oh, I,
1: that's interesting.
0: I think they meant because this person was saying a, a TV stand is such a functional piece that you can invest in things that have a bit more style to them. Like an
1: armoire or a pretty dresser or, yeah, or a, you some know, built-ins like or, something. or something. Yeah.
0: The general consensus was like, you should start investing in long-term pieces and not just the things that are cheap or free.
1: <laughs> Which is a sentiment I can relate to, but I also cannot say that every piece of my home and I'm 34 is the final forever piece. I think we are still working on that. And I think that's okay. I feel like the sentiment was just like, try to stop hoarding things that are like flimsy and junky and slowly replace them with better items.
0: Yeah, and placing things that are have a bit more thought and intention. Because you know they fit the space and they fit the look or the style you're trying to achieve. It's not just because your roommate handed it down to you or something like that. Right, right, right. The other interesting theme that I was surprised by, but as I read it, I was like, wow, I really agree with this, was a lot of things around your bedroom space.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah, like El Decor said you should have a nice mattress and a headboard. Apartment Therapy said you need a good bed and quality linens. El Decor, I thought this was interesting that they pointed out a grown-up home has two bedside tables, like two nightstands. Oh, that's
1: funny for like the whole symmetry and it looks like, I guess with the headboard and nice linens, you're basically like hotel status.
0: Yeah, I think it's being able to take the time to, like, make your bedroom space a, I don't know, a retreat or something that has a bit more polished. Or when I think about my first apartment in New York, I had, like, a full bed, like, shoved in the corner with, like, my um, college you, duvet. You
1: had a futon.
0: That was very briefly. <laughs> that was briefly. No futons was also on this list, by the way.
1: <laughs> John wooed me with a futon. Yes, In his yes. room that was a living room that he shared with another guy. Yeah, yeah. I, who I, also slept on a futon across from him. <laughs>
0: I was quite a catch, guys. <laughs> Sherry decided to start dating me when I lived in a living room with another guy because there were three of us in a one-bedroom apartment,
1: and they all had their clothes on rolling racks. Yes, that's what I, I remember.
0: <laughs> I had like a like a hanging rack of clothes above my head. <laughs>
1: It was super romantic.
0: I think uh, definitely it's things you should not do when you're 30 if you can help it. But back to the bedroom thing, like we've always said that a quick way to make a bedroom feel more polished, and I'll use the word grown up, is like to add a headboard, like a legit headboard, not just like pushed against the wall. It can be a DIY headboard, it can be a painted on the wall headboard, but like something that grounds a mattress in the space better.
1: I totally agree. I think you can hang a pretty tapestry. You could even use like an old folding screen or door behind the bed, but something to give it some heft feels more polished and grown up. I will say that I feel like I disagree with the fancy linens. Maybe they're very important to some people. I think other people just don't want to spend their money in that way, being us. <laughs> so our linens hail from places like Target, and they're soft. We sleep on them. We wash them. They're wonderful. And they're not that precious. So if something crazy happens to them, we're not crying over the like $1,000 sheet set. I think it probably focuses around the bedroom because you feel like a grown-up when you, like you said, create a retreat or a grown-up space to go to at the end of the day instead of it's just like a bed on the floor in a room.
0: Yeah. You're not in a sleeping bag. <laughs> right. Another place that a lot of the list pointed to that were a surprise to me were bookcases and like shelves and mantles, meaning having them sort of full. Like, accessories. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they said, like, a, a full bookcase or an organized bookcase, which hmm. I sort of didn't get at first. You know, I guess it means, like, you have a lot of stuff? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of judging that judgment. Like, if you don't have a bookcase full of stuff, you're not 30.
0: <laughs> well, well, maybe this makes sense of it, because El Decor also said a collection as one of the things you should have. And so they were just sort of saying, like, by this point, you should start to have reflected something you love in your house by having collected things.
1: Right. Oh, no, I... I agree that a bookcase full of books or beautiful objects is lovely and especially if you are into that you should foster that but I wouldn't say like I guess the same way I would say your furniture shouldn't be like made of cardboard or a milk carton does not compute to you should have a beautifully accessorized bookcase one seems like a little bit more of a high bar.
0: I was just thinking about this. They set a fireplace mantle on one of them. The comparison of what the fireplace mantle looked like in my frat house in college.
1: Right. So what was on the mantle in your frat house?
0: Probably nothing. Really? Or like red solo cups.
1: That's what I was going to say. Was there like hot sauce? But it was like, what I'm saying is
0: like, it was just another surface that you put stuff on. It was not something you put thought into. Right or like, quote unquote, decorated.
1: I could see how the mark of a polished home of someone in their 30s might be that they have a decorated mantel or Uh,
0: Yeah, you stop to take the time. It wouldn't be a must,
1: but it would indicate that someone more mature was living there.
0: Yeah, you certainly are not failing at life if you haven't decorated it.
1: (laughs) Right, agreed.
0: And um, the last sort of common thing across several of these lists was around art, and art that you love and art that's well displayed.
1: I can see that. Like nice frames, art that maybe isn't mass produced, like maybe you can get um, a print from someone you love, even off Etsy or buying a painting from an artist or a gallery.
0: Yeah, like the domain one clarifies that it doesn't have to be expensive, but it having some meaning for you or something you really love, not just kind of like the stock poster that they sell. Not El-
1: the hang in there, kitty.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty cute. <laughs> uh,
0: when you're 30, you do need to hang in there sometimes. There's days like that. But I think, again, the general idea of it is that you've reached this point in your life where you can put a little bit more thought into what goes on your walls and making sure it's displayed nicely.
1: Well, here's where I am with this whole discussion. I think everybody should. She'd just do what they like. It's a little bit crazy to say you're 30, so you have to decorate a certain way. If I went to your house and you had a poster up and it was a cool poster, I wouldn't care, and I wouldn't be like, "You should frame that nicely." Oh yeah,
0: and like you know, taping things up with washi tape is like so a thing trendy now. now. Yeah. yeah, and they can look really nice. So yeah, you're right to say that these are not like universal mandates. Overall, I think it's just about the sort of intention you bring to your space as you get older. And I just was
1: like, how many of these am I failing? That's why I clicked it. I was like, how many things have I not done that I need to do to be 30? Because I'm 34. I am overdue.
0: Well, is there anything, Sherry, when you were looking at the list you felt like was missing, like things you would add, again, not as a mandate to say you must have this, but like these are things we think lend to a house that feels a bit more grown up or polished or, or thought through?
1: I think maybe a pretty version of something functional My example would be, we have a pretty chrome toaster. And it's not our first toaster. Like our first toaster was like the plastic cheapo. Our
0: starter toaster.
1: Right. It was a starter toaster. It might have been black plastic. I can't remember. And then we were like, oh, if this is going to be out a lot, we're going to use it a lot. Let's get a stainless one. It wasn't that much more, but it felt like a functional object that we chose the pretty version of the functional object.
0: Yeah. So you've reached that point where you're not just buying things because they serve a function. Like the reason why I had a George Foreman grill nicely displayed on my (laughs) college counter. Uh, That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, again, (laughs) you missed that stage. You caught me at futon. Futon.
1: Oh, in yeah. New York
0: living room. I think another like qualifier in that discussion about furniture mm-hmm. and your forever furniture. I think one thing that we've noticed is bringing in old furniture, not just old like hand-me-down furniture that you were given and you don't really want, but like bringing in something old, like a thrift store piece or a antique piece or something that brings some age, like it feels collected, like you brought something in old with intention,
1: I think something that probably makes you feel 30 versus 20 is the characteristics of older pieces of furniture, like having something in your house with dovetail drawers or that wasn't put together with an Allen wrench. It certainly can feel well made and awesome in a way that there's no shame in the game of the thrift store. It's just a better version of, you know, a particle board dresser you might buy now.
0: You go through this journey sometimes where you're working with whatever furniture you can get your hands on. Like when we moved into our first house, we just used like a loner couch from my sister for our living room. Right. And eventually we were able to buy the couch that we actually wanted for the space. And I think that's kind of the allure of like, I can't wait until I can like buy new things that I want. Right. But then just you walk
1: into a store, high roller, buy a new item. And then it's so you're right. It's like we're Benjamin buttoning because we're going back. I know. To like then you sort of like pieces. crest and
0: you're like, oh, well, you know what? I still can appreciate old things, but it's like in a different way. It's like old things that I'm appreciating because of the like patina or
1: the character of them. Oh, which also reminds me of another thing. I think um, interesting light fixtures, even oh, yeah. just in some rooms in your 30s feels like you're owning your space and you're not just dealing with like the inherited boob lamp or like the, the
0: drop fixture or whatever exactly. they call
1: them. Whatever the previous owner had for 30 years yeah. and got dusty and just You're not
0: settling there. for what you were given. You are taking the time to like make a choice. Personalize it, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the lists did mention buying a statement piece. So I think that falls right. in that category. Again, another example of taking the time to invest in something that says something aesthetically about the room, not just functionally, you know, moving past just functional living like we often do when we're in our, you know, first apartments or whatever.
1: Another thing that made me think of is window treatments. And I can't believe it wasn't on some of these lists.
0: That's definitely something I didn't have in like my first places. Like I didn't bother to move past whatever was given to me.
1: Right. You get like the paper shades or you like clip up a blanket or there's like the old curtains. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever's there, you just like leave it there. It's not a fun purchase at all. When we went to Home Depot with all the window measurements and we got white faux wood blinds for our entire upstairs, it was super expensive and annoying. It was annoying to hang them. Like there's nothing glamorous about it, but it did feel very grown up to be like, look at me, I'm doing this adult thing, I'm buying window treatments.
0: You know, you didn't know me in my Astoria stage when I lived in Astoria, Queens. But my window treatments were the pillowcases that came with my sheets.
1: Ooh. Because I
0: thought it would coordinate.
1: (laughs) You are really good at matching John Peterson. Uh,
0: You know, I just used a little tension rod and the pillowcases. And as you can imagine, it was magical.
1: I'm sure it was. The women flocked. And probably one more thing I'd say would be a decorative mirror. When you move past the like going to bed, bath and beyond and buying the five or ten dollar like long. Oh mirror. yeah, they're like
0: closet mirror that you can basically like hold up with a piece of masking tape.
1: Right. It's so <laughs> flimsy and so skinny. You like that's the college version of the mirror, and it's not decorative, it's super functional. And then when you get to be maybe more established in your home, you might get a pretty mirror for over the mantle. And it's not because you stand up in the mantle and check your makeup. It's because you want to reflect light around or you want it for other decorative purposes. It's a pretty focal point. And so that might just be something else that marks that you're more settled and making these choices to make your space beautiful as well as functional.
0: Well, we'll make sure that we put links to all of these articles and lists on younghouselove.com slash podcast so you guys can check them out and see what you agree with, what you disagree with, what you think is missing. Again, I don't think anything is an absolute mandate that by your 30th birthday, you've got to rid yourself or go out and buy all these things. But I think they are helpful when you think about things that might be able to help your space feel maybe a little bit more, I don't know, polished.
1: Established. Settled. Futon free.
0: So Sherry, let's wrap this episode up with we're digging.
1: What are you digging, John?
0: This week, I am digging canvas drop cloths. I know that sounds really exciting, (laughs) but I mention it because it's become one of my favorite things I have in my sort of arsenal of tools. For a long time, we were people when we were faced with needing a drop cloth, like to cover a piece of furniture when we were painting a room, we like just bought the plastic drop cloth. Because when you're in that drop cloth aisle and you're like, oh, I can spend 97 cents on a plastic one, or I can spend $10 on a canvas one. It's like, well, duh.
1: What am I, a millionaire?
0: Yeah, who am I, Kanye West? (laughs) But we had to buy one for a uh, photo shoot, actually, because we need sort of a nicer work backdrop for a project. And it totally got me hooked. I think I have like four of them now.
1: Oh, and they're precious to us. Like we brought one to someone's house. Because we're very
0: possessive. Yeah,
1: we brought one to someone's house to do a project. And when we were leaving, I was like, oh, did we make sure we have our canvas drop cloth? Did we get that back? We just love them.
0: And it's because they are good for the same function that a plastic one does, protecting things from paint. Although I like them more because they're a little bit easier to work with. You know how the plastic ones like always get bunched up or they like blow over when you open the door or you're yeah, like tripping get, over them. If they
1: get paint on them, sometimes they stick to themselves and you can't unfold them and use them again. So they're just kind of like puckered and stuck together. Yeah, It's really they-
0: hard to use the plastic ones more than once. That's for right. sure. So this is definitely multi-use. It's also since it has some weight to it, it covers better. doesn't move around as much. But it also has just become kind of like a multi-use thing that we find ourselves breaking out all the time. Like even hanging pictures or something where we're drilling and have drywall dust, it's just great to throw one down to catch some of that. If we're building something, whether it's in the garage or in the house, uh, it's a great way to protect the floor to put under that. Sometimes I even just like double it over as like kind of a thick pad to rest all my tools on. So I'm not putting my tools directly on the floor and maybe, you know, risk scraping it up or something like that. I think the other day I even folded up a bunch and put it under my knees just as like a soft surface while I was doing some plumbing so i've just find myself like going to my pile of canvas drop cloths all the time and yeah they're getting like spots and stains on them they're not as pretty as they were when i bought them for the photo shoot but it's a sign of love and use
1: they are very loved those drop cloths
0: so i think i've definitely got my money's worth out of them for splurging on the canvas drop cloths versus always just defaulting to the cheap plastic ones what are you digging these days
1: things that have an inlay design So inlay is like when there's a design or a pattern, usually it's all flush and it's inlaid into something, hence the title. So it's like might be little pieces of wood that create a pattern and they're all flush and sort of lined up together like a mosaic tile effect. And I've seen it done with wood or tile or there's even like bone inlay chests and things like that.
0: Well, was there a particular thing that like got you interested in inlay?
1: So a while back, we bought a dresser. It's from West Elm and it has like a wood inlay pattern on the front of the drawers. I just think it's like a beautiful intricacy that most flat you know, like one slab of wood drawers don't bring. And in some cases, I think it can be too busy for certain spaces, but I really like that one because it's sort of just like a creamy bone color. If we're going high-end, high roller, there is a mirror called the Maya Inlay Mirror at Serena and Lily I've been obsessed with forever. And I watch it and I get emails of sales like 20% off, but it's 795 normally. So even with like the best sale, I can get it to be like around 600, but it just seems like a big splurge. West Elm has some pretty um, inlay mirrors too. And they're, you know, like some of them are around 300 for the smaller circular ones. They also have a really pretty, like gray herringbone floor one. It's so lovely, but it's five hundred forty nine. So I'll put the links to those in the show notes. Definitely something I'm digging, and also something I'd love to sort of trickle down, like maybe an inlay tray at Target.
0: And I should point out that you already do have an inlay mirror in the bonus room. It's true. And that one was just from Home Goods.
1: It was. It was a, a big discovery. Was it? it was expensive. So still two hundred dollars. Maybe, yeah maybe 199 marked down from like 399, But it was one of those where I had to peel back like 50 other frames and mirrors that were in front of it. And it was in the back and I saw like the corner of it and the sound of like, ah, happened. But then I was like, oh, it's definitely broken. I'm sure it's missing an inlay somewhere. And I like basically did that thing you do to your kids when they fall where you like look everywhere and pat them up and down. I was like looking all over the mirror in like a panicked state to find the missing inlay and it was not missing. And
0: you got that thing home. With your mom and her like tiny two door.
1: Right. So my mom has a tiny car and I thought it was a good idea to go to home because with said tiny car and it was a terrible idea. So it was me in the back seat with the mirror in the front seat with the front seat reclined, like basically riding next to my mom. And the back seat is like almost not a seat. The mirror was like close to my jugular. Basically, I said to my mom, drive carefully. And my mom put on the flashers and like drove slowly all the way home. And we made it and the mirror made it. And there was still not a broken inlay on it. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast.
0: And hey, we love our subscribers, and you can become one with just the click of a button in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love it if you take a second to leave us a rating or a review to let us know what you're enjoying. They're a huge help to new podcasts like ours.
1: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest by searching, you guessed it, Young House Love.
0: And if you want to see notes, links, or photos from this episode, just go to younghouselove.com podcast like that Zillow quiz about unique real estate features that I can tell you are just itching to take.
1: Oh, you can't wait to take that quiz. Later. Bye. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest by searching scuba divers. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Search young husband. Searching cute baby
0: porcupines. <laughs> Cats eating spaghetti.